So Romans 13, beginning at verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, or any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Thus far, the reading of our text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, over the last a uh, number of weeks, you may have noticed uh, the days getting shorter. The long days of summer with lots of light are starting to draw to a close. And the longer nights of fall and then winter will, will come soon. Perhaps you wish it were different. I know I'm always a little bit sad when the long summer days are over. And sometimes in winter, it feels like the night and the darkness is never going to end. The nights and the darkness can be so long. Yet eventually, the grip of the darkness gives way to the first light of dawn again. And there's nothing quite like seeing a beautiful sunrise after a long, dark night. Now, why am I describing these things to you? Well, I say this because the return of Christ is like the dawn of a new day. The return of Christ is like that beautiful sunrise after a long, dark night. You can hear something of that in our text from Romans 13, where it says, You know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So he's saying the return of Christ is coming. In fact, it's more certain that Christ will return to this earth and that the sun will come up tomorrow. That's how certain it is. And when he comes, Jesus Christ, he will usher in a new day, the everlasting day the new heavens, and the new earth. Since we know it will happen, it will happen, the only sensible thing to do is to get ready for this new day, for the return of Jesus Christ. And so that brings us to the sermon theme. Christians, get ready for the dawn of the new day, the return of Jesus Christ. We'll see that we get ready, first of all, by waking up from spiritual sleep, Second of all, by casting off deeds of darkness. And finally, by putting on love and the armor of light. 
So first of all, by waking up from spiritual sleep. Now the Bible tells us that uh, this present world is, is characterized uh, by the night. This present age is described as one of darkness. Why is that? Why that description? Well, we could state a number of things. It's because, well, this present age is filled with the darkness of sin. See, the darkness of sin and evil, it holds a tight grip on this world. And this world is also called one of darkness because people are spiritually asleep. Those who do not know God, who do not know Christ. See, when people are physically asleep, they're ignorant of the things going on around them in the world. They don't respond to the things going on outside of them. People, by nature, are spiritually asleep. What do I mean by that? I mean, by nature, people are ignorant of the things of God. They are unresponsive to their own sin and their own need to repent and believe. And they are oblivious to the reality of Christ's return. So we can say they're they're spiritually asleep. And this present age is also described as darkness because people think they're not ultimately accountable for what they do. When you're in physical darkness, complete darkness, no one can see what you are doing, you can get away with things that you can't get away with in broad daylight. And maybe many people think that's how it is ultimately with their lives before God. I'm in the dark, no one can see me, not even God. That's how people might reason. And so they think they can live as they wish. Here's where we must understand this time and this reign of darkness and sin in this world, it will end. The dominance of sin in this world will soon be over. The morning light is coming. The dawn is almost here. Christ is coming. And when he comes, no one will be able to shut their eyes to that light. Now, what should be our our response? Well, our text shows us the way. You know the time that the hours come for you to wake from sleep. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. See, how do you know it's time to get up from physical sleep? Well, I'm sure for probably most of you, many of you, you have an alarm set, maybe on your phone, maybe on one of those old radio alarm clocks. And as the alarm goes off, it's, it's telling you it's, it's time to wake up, time to get out of bed. A new day is here. For some of the younger members here, if you live at home, maybe your mom or dad comes to your room and says, it's morning, time to get up. Well, the the Word of God is like that alarm clock, like that wake-up call. It's like that call from your mom or dad telling you to get out of bed. That's what's going on in our text this morning. The Word of God is telling you this afternoon, 
The night of sin is almost over. The dawn of Christ's return, it's almost here. The time for spiritual sleep is over. You must wake up. You must get ready for the coming of this new day. You cannot remain ignorant of the things of God. You cannot ignore your sin and your need to repent and believe. You can can no longer be oblivious to the return of Jesus Christ. So that's the alarm clock of God's word, the wake-up call. The sad reality is that many people in this world turn a deaf ear to God's wake-up call that comes through his word. I pray it does not happen to any of you. You Think about many people who hear their physical alarm clock go off in the morning. Uh, What do they do? They hear it, but they effectively ignore it. Uh, They press the snooze button over and over again. They roll over and they go back to sleep. Maybe, Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe your spouse is one of those people. Uh... Now, the point I'm making is not about physical sleep, so if you're feeling uneasy right now about hitting the snooze button, it's okay. It's not my focus this afternoon. But the question we all need to ask ourselves this afternoon is this. Am I pushing the snooze button on the Word of God? How might you do that? Are you hearing the word this afternoon? It's calling you to wake up, to repent and believe. Stop living in darkness. Get ready for the dawn of a new day. But if you go out of this building and you ignore the call of God's word, if you remain spiritually asleep, go on living in the darkness of sin... And you have effectively pushed the snooze button on God's word. I heard it, but I didn't really want to hear it. So I just put it aside, went back to sleep. And may that never happen to you. You see, you you might think it's no big deal to do that. After all, pressing snooze on your alarm clock usually doesn't have much consequence. But pressing the snooze button on God's word can be deadly. See, if you do not heed the call of God's word, remain in darkness. Christ is going to come back. He will flip on the lights and everything in your life will be exposed. And you won't be able to say at that moment, oh, the Lord's back. I guess I better get myself ready now. It's too late. Now, if you go on living in the darkness of sin and unbelief, then Christ will say to you, you're going to get what you want. You lived in darkness, you wanted the darkness, you would not change, and so you belong in the darkness. You will never see the light again. We must take care. This does not happen to us. But if you hear God's word and respond, if you repent to believe, then everything will be different. You see, the dawn of the new day, the return of Christ, it's good news for you who believe. 
What does our text say in verse 11 to believers? Our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Well, what happened when we first believed in Jesus Christ? Well, we could think back of what Paul says earlier in the book of Romans, Romans 1, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Romans 4, the lawless deeds of believers are forgiven. Their sin is covered. And he grants us the righteousness of Christ. Romans 5, we've been justified by Jesus' blood. Forgiven. Counted righteous. We have peace with God, it says. Finally, Romans 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what we have in Christ as believers. But those things are true. We might wonder, why does our text say that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed? Well, it does not mean that people who believe are not yet saved or something like that. But the full enjoyment of salvation is not yet ours. We long to be clothed with eternal life, to be forever free from sin, to never again face temptation or the devil's attacks. We long to be in the full presence of God in full joy without any suffering. And we will only enjoy those things in full when Christ returns. We can look forward to them in Christ as 1 Thessalonians 5 says, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us respond in faith, looking to Christ. Get ready for the glorious day. That brings us to our second point. Beloved, you are children of the day. You've been raised with Christ, and we are indeed awake in Him. And as 1 Thessalonians 5 goes on to say, You are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you, you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake and be sober. What that means is that we as believers who are awake in Christ will, will live a new life in the here and now. We will live a new life that is consistent with our spiritual condition. We will live as people who are spiritually alive. We're spiritually awake, so we no longer live as those who are spiritually asleep. Now think about the contrast between someone who's physically asleep and, and someone who's awake. Right? The difference, people say, is like night and day. And the stark contrast will begin to describe more and more the difference between someone who does not believe in Christ and someone who does. Right? Think of the contrast between someone who's physically asleep and, and someone who's physically awake. And so there will be a big difference between someone who knows Christ and someone who does not. Those who are awake will be changed. And what will that change look like? The first thing is this. We get ready for the dawn of the return of Christ 
or as we get ready for the dawn and the return of Christ, we will cast off deeds of darkness. What are deeds of darkness? We can see some of them listed in verse 13. It says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or in drunkenness. And the words used here uh, were defined in one dictionary like this, not in drinking parties involving unrestrained indulgence of alcoholic beverages and accompanying moral, immoral behavior. Right? Those are deeds of darkness. Not in sexual immorality and sensuality. In, not in behavior completely lacking in moral restraint. Not in quarreling, fighting, and jealousy. And all those things, they characterize the darkness. People who are spiritually asleep, who do not know Christ. To engage in those things is to act like a person of the night. Someone who's spiritually asleep. So God calls us to cast those things off. Cast them away. Throw them away. To remove them from your life. To never live that way again. Why why is it that we are sometimes hesitant to cast off the darkness of sin? Well, it can be similar to why we might be hesitant to physically wake up and get out of bed. It, it might feel warm. It might feel comfortable, enjoyable. Well, sin can at times feel a bit like a comfortable blanket. You don't want to get rid of it. It can bring discomfort to throw it off. So instead of casting off the deeds of darkness, we may be tempted to hold them close. Don't want to let them go. But here's where we must understand that this picture of sin is completely skewed. Sin is not a comfortable blanket that brings comfort, no matter how it feels. Sin is actually more like a snake coiled around a person. Right? Some snakes, like pythons, they wrap themselves around their prey and they squeeze tighter and tighter until their, their prey is dead. And that's what sin does. If we do not cast it off, it's like that snake trying to squeeze the life out of us. So see your sin for what it is and throw it away will bring, not bring you comfort. It won't bring you joy. Unless we think it's all up to us, then let me assure you that God himself is going to help you in this. Remember the words of 1 John 1, verse 5. God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. See, the, this God of light, he lives in you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is true God, the God of light, he lives in believers. Are you not stunned by that? True God lives in you who believe. And you can be sure that the God of light, who graciously lives in you, will also lovingly help you to cast off those deeds of darkness. You know... 
Some days when you wake up, you might feel you just can't even get out of your bed. Maybe you don't have the energy. And you know what? Sometimes it can feel that way when it comes to sin also. Feel like you don't have the strength to cast it away. But remember, you don't have the strength to do it, not in yourself. But God is your strength. I pray to him for the strength to remove those deeds of darkness. And as he gives you strength to remove sin, then also be on guard. Verse 14 says, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Or as one translation puts it, don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Something in us wants to keep going back to that old life of sin. Maybe we think, what if I just get a little closer to the sin again? Would that hurt? But you know what that's like? It's like someone who gets out of bed in the morning. They feel a little bit tired, and then they say, you know what, I know I'm supposed to be up and ready for my ride to work. I'm going to have a few minutes now. Why don't I just go back to my room, shut the lights off, and lay in bed until my ride comes? What's going to happen to such a person? What do you think? Well, they're going to fall back asleep and they're going to miss their ride to work. In a similar way, verse 14 says, don't give an opportunity for your sinful nature to take over. If you are tempted towards sin, don't go into places you are tempted. Don't give sin an opportunity for the devil a foothold. Brings us to our last point. And when you wake up in the morning, you prepare yourself for a new day. Right? No one just gets out of bed and goes straight to work as they are. At least I hope not. You get up, you get dressed, you eat your breakfast, you brush your teeth, maybe take a shower. You prepare yourself. In the same way, as Christians, we don't just remove the things that belong to the darkness. We also prepare ourselves for the, the dawn of Christ's return by getting dressed appropriately. See, God calls us also to put on certain things. We see three things in our text. We are to put on Christ. We are to put on love. We are to put on the armor of light. And these things are very much related Beloved, we belong to the day. In Christ, we are alive. We are spiritually awake. And so let us also put on Christ. Now, what does that mean? It means we who are joined to Christ by faith will become more like him. Again, believers have the Holy Spirit. And by the Spirit, we will conform our lives to how Christ lived his life. We will put on his character. Christ shunned sin and resisted temptation by the Spirit. We will learn to do the same. Christ showed compassion to the poor, the weak, the, the lonely. By the Spirit, we will do the same. Christ obeyed God even though it brought him pain. 
by the Holy Spirit, we will be enabled to do this more and more. Christ denied himself, became a servant to others. By the Spirit, we will likewise deny ourselves too and serve those around us. As people of the day, we will put on love. This is what is mentioned in the first part of our text, verses 8 to 10. There we read, Owe no one anything except to love each other. Love here is compared to a debt. And when you are in debt to someone else, your focus should be on on paying that that person back. You know, if you have a, a car loan, you know that every month you need to make a payment. However, when it comes to car, ma- car payments, we know that eventually the debt is paid off. And, and we probably look forward to that time if, if we are making car payments right now. You know, I can't wait till my car is paid off and I, I can stop making these payments. See, when the debt is paid off, then we don't have to pay it anymore. Here we read, show love to others as if you were in never-ending debt to them. So there's never a point in time where you can say, my debt of love that I owe to others is paid off. I can, I can stop showing love to other people. No. We continue to do this. We do this because, as verse 8 says, the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Or we could translate it, the one who loves has fulfilled the other law, referring to the second half of the Ten Commandments. See, we show love to our neighbor in a particular way. By not stealing. But caring, caring for our, our neighbor's needs. By not murdering or hurting others. But building them up. By not committing adultery. But by keeping relationships the Lord loves. See, God's commandments are the way of love. That's because love does not harm its neighbor. That's what God wants. He doesn't want us to harm our neighbor, and that means any person we come across in life, following God's commandments will keep us from harming them. Finally, there's one more thing we put on. We are to put on the armor of light, it says. And this means putting on what is good and right and true. It means putting on things we are, that are noble, that we're not ashamed of. Things that we're not afraid to be seen openly by everyone because they are, they are good. And literally, he says to put on the weapons of light. Things that help us in this spiritual battle. Put on weapons of good by which we fight against sin, we fight against the devil. And as we do these things, then we will look forward to that dawn of Christ when he returns. We will look forward even more. What does the book of Revelation tell us about the new Jerusalem? The Apostle John says, The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is a lamp. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. There will be no more night. No more darkness. But 
only the beautiful light of God's glorious presence. So seeing what is coming, knowing what is coming, beloved, get ready. Let's keep awake. Let's cast off deeds of darkness. Let us put on love and the armor of light. Amen.